Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Tuesday, April the 18th, 2023. And um, yeah, hope you're having a fantastic day. We're going to be diving into John chapter 15 just here in just a second. Um, And as we continue our journey through the New Testament in 2023, this week, we are right in those middle chapters of John. So we're all uh, in the those middle teens of John, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. So, yeah. Um, hope you're following along and uh, continuing. As I said yesterday, just going to continue to remind you guys of this just so your note won't be, um, because believe it or not, not, not everyone listens to the podcast every day. I know, I know, shocker. I mean, the horror, but some people don't for, so I just want to say it several times. So everybody's up to speed, um, coming up next month, uh, in May, and I haven't decided on the day exact day yet, but I'm going to go off, uh, the video. It'll just be audio podcast only. So I'll give you plenty of head, uh, lead time on that, but I just want to get it on the radar so that if you need to figure out how to download the podcast or where you're going to get it from, you can do that. So you won't miss, um, as we continue on through the summer. But yeah, so probably in the next uh, less than a month, I'll be going to just the uh, audio podcast and that'll carry on through the summer. Um, mostly because I'm going to be, there's just going to be a lot of moving parts at the house, you know, people in and out, occasions, graduations, vacations. Um, and so it'll just be logistically a lot simpler to keep it going. Uh, as an audio pod- podcast only starting in um, um, in May. So <clears throat> just heads up on that. Most of you guys can transition over there pretty easy. You already listened to it on the podcast before, so it's not a big, big, uh, big uh, ordeal. But for those that may need to figure that out, um, it's on, as, as I said, it, the, the podcast is on pretty much all the major podcasts. So whether you listen on Apple Music or you listen on Google Play, or you listen on Amazon Music, uh, <clears throat> and so it's all Anchor, of course, Spotify. It's on all of those, so you should be able to find it if you just search for Pastor Ta- Terry's Bible Study Podcast. It should poof appear. So, all right, you guys. With that little logistical thing being said, let's dive in. We're going to be looking again as uh, as I said, John fifteen. I love this chapter, John chapter fifteen. Um, so much good stuff. Not a very long chapter, so um, that may uh, <laughs> it usually has no impact on how long we spend together, but it could make it a little shorter today. <clears throat> so well, let's see. So glad you guys are on. Welcome everybody. John chapter fifteen. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. 
John 15. Lots of red letters here, all red letters in John chapter 15. So this is Jesus speaking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. Hmm. So Jesus is the uh, Jesus is using the relationship that we have with him um, to that of a vineyard and uh, the true vine. <clears throat> Uh, I'm told, I'm no expert in vineyards, but from my study of this text and kind of its relationship to, uh, you know, vineyards and producing wine, um, the true vine is a, is a reference to like the most treasured vine in the vineyard. Uh, it's sort of like the grandfather, <laughs> as it were, <clears throat> of of the... Um, of the of the vineyard and it's because it's it's known to produce grapes and it's been producing grapes for a long time and it's uh it's treasured and remember with a vineyard the vine is actually the big trunk part i mean vine vineyard um grape plants are not that big anyway they're more like uh, you know stringing plants but the biggest part of the plant is the plant that is the part that goes into the ground that's the vine um, it's not the trunk per se, that's the vine. And then the parts that kind of, uh, grow out on, 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 along the trellis is the, is the branches. So the vine, the true vine is the big root, uh, the big trunk that goes down into the ground. And Jesus says, I am the true vine. Um, I, I, am the true vine in terms of like, I produce, I'm proven <clears throat> just like that treasured um grandfathered vine or yeah vine i am known to produce fruit <laughs> i am proven to produce much fruit good fruit so i'm the true vine you can count on me uh the father god the father is in a sense in this uh analogy the 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 gardener the one who tends to um the plant and so jesus is the true vine God is the gardener, and he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. So if, you, if it's a, a non-fruit-bearing plant, uh, uh, appendage, he's going to snip it off. Um, he's going to clean it. He's going to prune it. He's going to remove it. Um, and so... <clears throat> So there's a that process is not always fun, right? That process um, is um, it's not always easy when God prunes us, uh, but we we have to understand that God is the expert um, wine producer, <laughs> the expert uh, in producing good fruit in our lives. So He knows if there are things in our lives that needs that need to be pruned or cleaned. And many of us uh, have who've walked with the Lord for a while can definitely look back at times in our life where there were things that needed to be pruned. Maybe it was an attitude. Maybe it was the way we were spending our time. Uh, maybe it was uh, the way we were spending our money. Maybe it was uh, a relationship that needed to be pruned. It was not healthy for us. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a, a fruit-producing uh, relationship. 
And so it was actually sucking the life out of us. And so there had to be some pruning. Um, and so it can be all kinds of different things. It can be, a, a, a yeah, like I said, a, an attitude, a behavior, a, <clears throat> an outlook, um, a community that we're hanging out with. It could be a lot of, a lot of things um, that, from the perspective of the expert gardener, is identified as something that needs to be pruned, that we need to be, we need to be cleansed. Um, and so, and just the, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to be cleansed, spiritually cleansed. You know, we talk about like the season of Lent and other times that we just focus on renewal um, just by being out in the field. You know what I'm saying? Just by out being in the field. You pick up dirt and muck and, you know, you, your leaves get dirty. You know, you ever, you ever look at a plant that's in your house and you're like, man, the leaves on that thing is so dirty. So you got to go over there and kind of wipe them off so it can get some light. And um, and so sometimes that's spiritually our lives. We just got to be cleansed sometimes. We got to be, you know, got to get that junk off of us so that we can truly produce much fruit. Verse 3, <clears throat> you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Okay, so you're my, you're my children. You're, you're, you're part of the vine. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. So you can't do it on your own, right? We can't do it on our own. We can't, we can't produce fruit. You can't just manufacture fruit, right? You can't just crank out fruit. It's, it's God working in us. It's God being connected with him. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Just like a, a, on a vineyard, right? If a branch that is just on the, on the trellis, but it's not connected at some point to the true vine, it's going to die. It's not going to produce fruit. Even though it's on the trellis, even though it looks like it belongs there, it's, it's going to die. It's going to wither and die. It's not going to produce fruit. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So here's just a, a reminder to abide in Jesus. Spend time in Jesus. Walk with him. And he'll talk more about what that means to abide in him. But it's to walk in fellowship, to be, to gain strength and to gain guidance, to gain nourishment, to gain perspective, uh, to allow him to feed our souls, right? Jesus over and over talks about <clears throat> to different people that he is the living water, that he is the living bread. He is the bread of heaven. He's the living water. He's he is the stuff that gives our soul and our lives sustenance. He sustains us. And here is another way of saying a very similar thing. Abide in Jesus. Stay in him. Don't, don't spend all of your time consuming, you know, things that will diminish your spiritual life. But, to, but, feed your, but do those things that will feed your spiritual life. So kudos for you spending some time with the, on the morning podcast, this time that we spend reading the word that's what we're trying to do right we're spending this time um because we want to nourish the spiritual aspect of our lives we want to you know make sure those roots dig grow deep and they get to the soil and they can feed our spirits and sometimes we'll read things you know this sometimes there'll be a topic that we read or something we read in the bible and it may not be earth shattering to you that day i know rarely that happens you know because the insights are unbelievable <laughs> But but I, but on occasion, but on occasion, you know, you happen to listen to the morning podcast. You're like, yeah, you know, that was, was nice. I heard the word of God. It was fine. 
but you didn't really get an aha or you know, you know earth-shattering moment. But the truth is that was a deposit into your spiritual life. And even though you may not have gotten a goosebump or we may not have been like moved to tears by what we talked about or been like, you know, bells and whistles, you know, because of this huge, enormous spiritual insight, um, it still fed our spirit. Just like when you eat breakfast. Not every time you eat breakfast, you're like, wow, that was amazing. No, sometimes you just got to eat because you need to be sustained. And so sometimes our time in God's word is just eating. You know, it's just breakfast. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was just breakfast. You know, it was, it just fed my spirit. You know, I we didn't, I mean, I'm probably not going to talk about it, you know, for the next five days that, you know, Tuesday morning breakfast, but it did feed me, whether I recognized it or not. And when I need it, it will be there in my spirit. It'll be there in my, in my mind, in my conscious, in my, in my heart, and I can draw from it. That's what, uh, so, Jesus says, abide in him. That's, how, that's why we do this. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. I love that. I love that. That's a promise right there, guys. Like, that's not like a, there's no, con, well, the, the, the singular condition to that is remaining in Jesus. The singular condition is if you remain in me, that's it. If that happens, if you in your life, continue to remain in Jesus, walk with him, fellowship with him. The promise is what? You will bear much fruit. <laughs> you will. You must. You must. Like, not in terms of like an imperative, like you now you must go out. But no, you, it will. By, just by the nature of being connected to Jesus, he will produce the fruit in you. He will produce the fruit. So as we abide in him, we will bear much fruit. First, the next part is important. Apart from me, <clears throat> you can do nothing. Nothing that will last. I mean, that's the harsh reality, right? Like the things that we try to do outside of um, the purposes and plans of God, outside of what God has called us to, um, it's not going to last. I mean, it may occupy your time. It may fill up your schedule. It may seem like a big thing right now, but at the end of the day, it will bear no fruit, not lasting fruit. But the things that we do out of relationship with Jesus, things that we do um, in alignment with his will and purpose, that will bear much fruit and it will last forever. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Hmm. You know, I don't know if you've seen this. I've seen this because of you know being in ministry for so many years. <clears throat> but I, I've seen it, man. I've seen people's spiritual vitality wither because of their disconnection to uh, to Jesus um, and disconnection to the church, frankly, to the bride to the bride of Christ. You see, one of the things that we don't sometimes realizes we need the body of Christ because in that relationship, as in a community that shares a value of wanting to be more like Jesus, we are, we are formed, we are pruned, we are, <coughs> excuse me, we are cleansed. We grow, 
we grow in relationship. And so that means that even the annoying things that, that people do in relationship is, it helps us. <laughs> it helps us with patience. helps us not to kill people. <laughs> like, I didn't kill nobody. See, that's good. That's, that's fruit. That's a fruit of, of righteousness. No, but it does. It helps you learn patience and understanding and empathy and kindness and self-sacrifice and selflessness and thinking of others first, not yourself. See, all of those things happen in community. And I've seen people who remove themselves from community and their spiritual lives begin to wither because it's just them and Jesus. And as much value as that might have, it's limited value. And if you are truly in a relationship with Jesus, guess what's going to happen? He is going to push you into community. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to make an introvert an extrovert. No. If you're an introvert, you're an introvert. You're never going to, you know, that's just how you're wired. But he's going to want you to be in the family of God because it's good for you. It's good for me. And so, um, but I've seen people who just kind of disconnect and the vitality isn't there. The perspective isn't there. The, um, honestly, the, um, there's a detachment from reality because they're just all in their own head and they've created this little personal individualistic relationship with Jesus that looks, uh, that, that moves further away from true biblical Christianity, which is very communal. <laughs> biblical Christianity is family. It is community. And so when we create this little me and Jesus and the Bible thing, that is not really biblical Christianity. That's just, uh, um, that's monks. That's what monks do. But even monks do it in community. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, even the monks who, who take vows of silence, they, guess what? They did it with a group. <laughs> so there was a communal aspect in is even to their individualism. Um, so <clears throat> anyway, but I've seen it. I've seen it. It, 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 it where there's a way and it's worthless. And there's so much of that, you know, I don't need the church and I can just do it myself and I don't really even need the Bible. I just, it's me and God. That's a disaster waiting to happen. I've never seen that turn out well. Because you know what happens when you, th this is what I've learned, guys. Like, when we detach from the people of God and we detach from the word of God, you know what we do? We create a God in our own image. Yeah, we create a God in our own image. A lot of these people who are like, you know, deconstruct their faith and they like, you feel like they've outgrown the Bible or outgrown Christianity or outgrown the faith that they, they grew up with. You know what they end up doing? If you look close enough, guys, they end up creating a religion. They create a God in their own image. A God that likes what they like, a God that approves of what they approve of, a God that uh, looks a lot like them. <clears throat> a God that looks a lot like a, uh, you know, if it, was, uh, if it were me. It looked like a, a lot like a, a middle class white guy in America. That's what they, that's the God they create, um, or whoever they are. And uh, how many of you know that's like one of the biggest? Uh, that's the one of that's a, that's breaking one of the Ten Commandments right there. Have no other gods before me. And uh, we tend to create it. That's why we need the Word of God. That's why we need community. We have to push ourselves to it because it it confronts us. Right, it confronts us with, with who God really is. What Jesus really like? Jesus really said that it, branches like that will be thrown into the fire and burned. We don't. We would not normally want to say that. We don't want to hear that. But it. But the Word of God confronts us with 
the true God. He's the true vine. And we need that, man. We need that. That's why we need Bible study where we can talk about these things and where we wrestle with these things, even when we don't understand them, even when we struggle to understand them. It's good for us. It causes the production of fruit, just like our roots that struggle uh, to, to get into the grass, to get into the, the soil. It produces strong roots. Do you know that grass that, for example, you can overwater your lawn, right? Why? Because if you overwater your lawn, you produce flimsy and a weak root structure because the roots don't have to work to get to water. So they rely on just the water just being poured on it all the time. And so when there is a little bit of a drought, it, it can't be sustained. Whereas lawns that are watered periodically actually have a much stronger root system because in those times when there is no, when the, when the moisture is no longer at the surface, they have to dig deep. They have to go deep to find the moisture. And so they're stronger. And so in community, in reading the word, in relationship, we have to, that struggle, man, is important. That pruning, that cleansing is important. It makes us strong and helps us to produce fruit. And people are like, wow, that is some beautiful fruit. And you're like, well, it came out of struggle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How I mean, you can say that? Like if there's, any, if there's any admirable fruit in my life, it came through struggle. It came because I had to I had to fight. I walked with God through some difficult, dark times, dug deep, 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 deep into the soil. And so that, that fruit, it didn't come from out here. It came from down deep. Come on. <laughs> it came from deep. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Man, that's beautiful. I hope you hear that today, man. As the Father has loved, as God the Father has loved Jesus, so has Jesus loved you. Not just the disciples that he was speaking to in the first century, but all of his disciples, you and me. He loves us that much. Now remain in my love. That's, that's a great reminder. What are we remaining in? We're remaining in the love of Jesus. It's not, we're not remaining in his chastisement. We're not in, in his judgment or in his condemnation. We're not abiding in his wrath or anger. No, we're abiding in his love. He loves us. So, re, so Jesus says, remain in my love. Even if you don't understand it, even if sometimes it's hard, feels hard, seems hard, looks hard, remain it because it's love. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept the Father's commands and remain in his love. I did what the Father wanted because I knew the Father knew best. Well, that, was a, that was a show back in the day. Father knows best. <laughs> Right when we uh, we 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 follow Jesus because we trust that Jesus knows better than we do about everything. <laughs> like what is what, what areas of life does Jesus know more than I do? Every area of life. He knows more about my spiritual life, my financial life, my marital life, my relational life, uh, my life as a pastor, my life as a as a coworker, my life as a friend. Uh, my life as a citizen. How how much does he know? He knows more than me. <laughs> yeah. So I so I follow his commands, even when I don't understand it. I trust him. I have told you this. Here's I love this verse eleven. Oh, man, this is one you want to underline right here. If it's not underlined in your Bible, you should totally do that. 
I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. What does God want for you and for me? Full, fullness of joy. That's what he wants. Jesus tells us the truth, not to hurt us, not to steal our joy, as the world often tries to reinterpret the purposes of God as like squelching or confining or trying to control. No. Jesus gives us his word, gives us the truth, so that our joy truly can be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater, this is another great one, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. It's beautiful. That's the ultimate um, ultimate example of love, is to lay down your life for someone else. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants. So right here, this, this verse 14, this is not conditional. Like, you, you're my friends if you do what I tell you. No. <clears throat> what he's saying is it, it's indicative of a friend that you'll be doing what Jesus commands. If you truly are a friend of Jesus, you're going to be doing what he commands. It's not like, I'll be your friend if you do what I command. That's not, that's not, the, that's not the intention of that verse. The verse is, the, the idea is that if you truly are a friend of Jesus, you're going to act like it. It's not just in word only. It's not just in name only. Um, just like if you're married. If you're married to this woman, you're going to act like it. If you're married to that man, you're going to act like it. It's not like uh, if you keep these commands, then you're married. No. But if, you, if you're married, you're going to act like you're married to that person. <laughs> you're going you're to treat them with respect and honor. You're going to serve them. You're going to encourage them. You're going to be a partner with them. You're going to uh, support them. You're going to, you know, there's going to be evidence that that's true. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Man, I love that. He chose you. You know that, friend? He chose you. He chose you and he appointed you to go and bear much fruit. Fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name <clears throat> and the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Don't be surprised, man, if the world hates you for the name of Jesus and for the values that you hold. It, hurt, it hated Jesus first. Sometimes I think we're so like reluctant to... Now, we are supposed to love the world. We're supposed to love people in the world. But make no mistake, people are going to hate our values. There are going to be things that God's Word says that we cling to that people are going to hate. They're going to they're going to be they're going to become vicious in their hatred of our values. But we don't hate them back. Listen, we don't hate them back. We continue to love them, and we continue to hold true to the Word of God. Yeah. Um, as it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you, because you don't belong to this world. We are not of this world. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they, if they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. If they really had the heart of God, they would understand where you're coming from. 
They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. So truth has been revealed to them. They've ignored it. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. So you can't say, I love, I love God, but I hate Jesus. No, that don't work. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. So Jesus is just saying, I, you know, I came and showed them the truth. They're without excuse. <clears throat> and so because they've seen the truth, they hate the truth, and it just reveals that they are not one with the Father or with Jesus. Verse 26, when the Advocate comes, remember we know from earlier that's the Holy Spirit, when the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. Wow. So the Holy Spirit comes and testifies to Jesus, and we too um, testify to Jesus, and the fruit that we bear is a testimony to the true vine, which is Jesus. So I want to encourage you today to abide in him. It's not about striving and struggling and fighting and trying to manufacture fruit. It's just about abiding in Jesus, walking with him, listening to him, praying to him, talking to him throughout the day, doing as we've been doing, spending time in his word, but not just closing the book and moving on, but adding that word to your life. Allow it to nourish your, the, the, the roots of your life, um, to inform and to impact your decisions, your choices. What would God from what I've learned, what would God want me to do? Is this going to help me? Is there something that God is trying to cleanse from my life, to prune from my life, and apply that to it? And we'll bear much fruit. Let's pray, you guys. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for my friends today. Pray your blessing upon their lives. May you work in them in great and mighty ways, and may they truly bear much fruit. May you give them what they need for today in terms of strength and power and encouragement. Let them know how much you love them, Lord. We love you. And we choose today to abide and to walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, my friends. Thanks so much for being on today. Hope you have a fantastic Tuesday. Loved that chapter, John 15. So rich. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.